This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Free the Housewives. I'm Chicken. And I'm Coco. We're Lucadia Housewives looking for adventure and inner peace. And the bottom of the laundry pile. Welcome to our weekly podcast. We are here to explore the world and escape the monotony of housewifedom. We'll give advice and get advice. We'll laugh and learn and eat. Eat? Yes, eat. We'll call our old boyfriends. What about our husbands? There could be some general mischief. Ooh, and maybe some mayhem. Let's free the housewives. Let's do it. Welcome to Free the Housewives. I'm Coco, and today... Um, we have a special guest in our studio with the Specialty Produce Network. We have Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Hi. <laughs> so Rosie's here um, because Chicken is sick. Uh, she got sick, which is a bummer. But the good news is Rosie was at my house, and um, I said, hey, Rosie, you want to be on a podcast? And I've always wanted to be in a podcast as of this morning. Yeah. And so, you know what it reminded me of, Rosie? I've known Rosie since she was like 10 or 11 years old. And um, she's in her late 20s now, or mid-20s, whatever. She's in her 20s. And um, when she used to come to my office when I had a job, before I was a housewife, I had a career. And... um, and I worked at this counseling center for teens. It was a nonprofit counseling center. And there were all sorts of people that worked there. And my team of people upstairs, I would, you know, I was pregnant and with my first baby and I was super sick. And I would get the, I get these cravings. And I remember one afternoon, um, I was like, hey, anybody want to go get pancakes? And I could hear this little voice go, I do. <laughs> There was Rosie. She had come to work with her mom after school, and it was like, I don't know, 3.30, and everyone else was like, what are you, pancakes? And Rosie's like, I'll go. I'm like, I want pancakes, and um, you have that spirit, right? You're, yeah. You'll just go, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I've been in many shopping carts, actually. Have you? Run, rolling around parking lots. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's saying that because we're looking at our photo yeah. of um, freeing the housewife uh, at the specialty produce, and I've got chicken in the shopping cart, and we're... We're having, we're we're getting into some trouble and creating some mayhem. <laughs> and so, Rosie, this um, this podcast is something that Chicken and I wanted to do um, because we are housewives, and sometimes we feel like we're stuck in a rut, mm-hmm. and um, and we just we want to we you know we get. It's that cycle of like doing the same thing every day. Chicken calls it Groundhog's Day after that movie, mm-hmm. and um, where you do the same thing every day, and sometimes it's a thankless job, and you know there's not a lot of good job, and you know here's your bonus. Um, and also we don't get out much either, right? So we're trying to get out of that, you know, that day to day grind and and learn things, go places. Um, we've had. Um, just to get, you know, and get out of the house today, right? Just get out of the house on a Wednesday. We record every Wednesday. Um, so today um, we uh, had planned our guest is Elizabeth Weinberg, and we're going to talk about um, the, uh, the, the term housewife. And, you know, people are – it's such a – I don't know. When you say housewife, people – some people are offended by it, mm-hmm. right? Does that word offend you? It it depends on who's saying it. Oh. Like if I don't know. I feel like if it's if it's a man, like it feels different. Oh. I don't know. I don't 
don't hear men use the word though. Yeah, they're probably afraid. They're scared to use it. <laughs> Someone's going to get slapped. You know, I actually use it sometimes to get um, a, a response from people or a rise out of people because I know that's fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I'm bored. Um, but people, it's such a controversial word, you know, or term um, that. I just, like at the bank, we were getting, my husband and I were getting, my husband, you know my husband, (laughs) Shane, and I were getting, um, we were applying for a loan or something, I I can't remember, and they were like, occupation, he's like, you know, computer network engineer, and he looked at me and I said, housewife, and he's like, oh, well, you're not just a housewife, you're like a domestic goddess, I'm like, (laughs) no, I'm not a goddess, Uh, no, and so he had a hard time with it. I actually think domestic goddess is a little more offensive than housewife. You know. Because uh, it's like implying that you should look a certain way (laughs) while you're doing all that domestic labor. Yeah. And like why? Why do you need to look a certain way? Right? Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Power to the housewives right there. You know, I learned a little bit more about goddesses, you know, being a homeschool mom. Um, And goddesses were – they were badasses. <laughs> they, they weren't so nice all the time, and they caused some some mayhem of their own. Um, yeah, the goddesses weren't always like these amazing. The gods were they were tough, and they got into trouble, and they got eaten up, and killed, and killed yeah. each other, and yeah, yeah, they were I, scary. Yeah, they were scary. Um, well, you're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's um, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I am like, it's pushing me to be a better person. And I'm learning the value of uh, like routines. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> which I like was never into. <laughs> it was not my thing. And um, yeah, I think that it's like one of those experiences where I um, – I had to do it to like learn what what I'm good at and what I where I need to grow. Like teaching forces, it like holds a piece of paper up to your face and is like, "This is what you suck at," and you can't hide from it because there's 40 kids in your room and they'll point it out to you every day. Wow! <laughs> and when middle school students have no filter and they're always repeating things that adults say, right? So they're just gonna say that you suck at something if they want to. So, like, it's it's a testament to just like your your you have to put your pride aside every single day. And wow, Rosie and I had no idea <laughs> it was like gone into battle. I mean, I kind of did, especially middle school, because yeah. I, when I did have a job before, um, I did work with teenagers and at one point middle schoolers, and that was that made me crazy. Yeah, um, and I have middle schoolers right now, yeah. and so I know they. So you have to deal with what I have to deal with on some level too, right? Like mm-hmm. you're stupid and you don't know anything and we know everything and, you know, that's kind of what I deal with in my carpool. Yeah. Um, and um, actually, no, that's not true. I just deal with that <laughs> at home. My carpool is really nice. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, you're, that's a hard job. And yeah, yeah, you – And I actually like – I'm grateful to be here because – I, in the podcasting yeah, studio? Yeah, the podcasting okay. studio. I'm really grateful. Um, I I think, like, when you when I did learn, like, the value of routine, I also, like, learned the value of spontaneity as well. It was like, now mm. I can, like, now I can say yes to things because I've been – the students have literally pushed me past my comfort zone every single day, like, 
past the point I've had to stay at school on days when I've been like, I'm going to quit today and I'm going to walk out, you know, like I stayed. (laughs) And so when you've done that enough times, there's no reason to say no to anything. So that's an interesting concept. The one that chicken and I talk about, um, because we don't have much spontaneity in our routines either. So I guess maybe this could be free the middle school teacher <laughs> day. Yes, please. I know we were talking yesterday and everything you were going to do, like all these things you had plans to do, you're like, I'll do that in the summer. Yeah. I'll do that in the summer. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds so fun. I'll do that in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like your summer is packed because you can't really get much in. Yeah. And I, you know, what? I have that same kind of, I'm looking forward to summer too because, you know, my routine, I have a, well, you saw it today. It's like, all right, get up, do this, get breakfast made, get the kids to school, yeah. make sure everyone's homework's in their bag, and, you know. Your, your routine is nuts. It is nuts. <laughs> and Nate's lunch disappeared today. Where did it go? Did the dog get it? You know, I did see a bunch of wrappers on the floor when he oh. left, and I didn't want to point it out, because I had just asked you, like, does your dog eat shoes? And you were like, no. no. And I didn't want to be like, well, then there's a, but there's a bunch of <laughs> trash on the floor. Your dog obviously got it, <laughs> So I didn't say anything. But. Thank you. You're a polite house guest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the yeah. dog ate the not the homework, but the lunch. The lunch. Yeah. yeah. So that just another. Well, luckily the kids. He he made his own lunch. So. Yeah. And she won't eat my shoes because she's full now. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, she ate eggshells. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's better to eat eggshells than walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So um, the yes thing, uh, we uh, have this idea that we're gonna have a yes day. Where we just kind of go out and we just say yes to everything, right? And that's sort of that concept of like today when I said, "Hey, you want to do this?" Yeah. And you said, "Yes." Yeah. Yeah. Spontaneity, right? I think we all need that, whether we're middle school teachers, um, you know, bankers, housewives. Uh, just get out of you know your environment and get out and see what other people are doing um but today we're going to we're going to talk to Elizabeth i wanted to talk to Elizabeth because um well she's super smart and she's well read and she's educated <laughs> i and, love people i love smart people <laughs> i know she's so smart and her vocabulary is amazing oh, and man. um and uh she's she's probably going to listen to this later and go what is she talking about um <laughs> Because, you know, we're always like, what? I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. But she is. And she, I know she studied um, – I know she was a women's studies – I think she was a women's studies minor. And um, and when when I was talking to her about the, her housewife, she had some things. She started going off at about a bunch of things. I'm like, oh, you're perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> we need to talk to you. And also she's always been working as, as when she – you know, she got married and had kids. And she's always been a working mom. And and wife and um, and then recently she she got she got sick basically mm. she had this illness that she was dealing with and she's better now and um, she was a housewife for quite a while she just um, went back to work wow yeah so I wanted to hear like what that was like for her she's been in and out of it yeah and tell me about like you're obviously you're not married you're single. No. Um, did you, your, your mom, my, your mom wasn't a housewife. I know no. your mom. She, I worked with your mom and she um, had to bring you to work sometimes because yeah. she was a working mom. She was. My mom raised, yeah, she's a single parent mother of two kids and, um, worked several jobs sometimes and went to school and, um, yeah. But the thing is, you know, I've, as I've gotten older, I've noticed that even though like, um, even though all the women in my family really love to work, um, we all love 
kind of like really love domestic labor. Are we yeah. not domestic labor, like yeah. oh, I got to clean the whole house, but like yeah. it's fun to make your house. Like I like homemaking a yeah. lot. You know, yes. like I love it yeah. so much, and I don't like go around telling men that because I don't want to <laughs> give them permission to like, yeah, you disrespect know, you, disrespect and, me yeah, or whatever. And, yeah, um, and I think that like That's it's like, it's almost like a like a a gift yes. that I only want to give to certain people who earn it. Like, come over and I'll, like, host for you and yeah. I'll be that person. But, like, it's not – it's like it's it's like I'm getting attention kind of, you know. It's like <laughs> I should get attention for that. It's not like – you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I It is a gift. It's definitely a gift. Yeah. And it's a gift, like, for me, I feel like it's a gift I give my children. Yeah. Um, that I'm going to be home with them. Yeah. Now, whether they in, in, receive it in that same spirit, and, like, I think now as they're teenagers, they're probably like, wow, you know, like I just got coal in my stocking because my mom's here all the time. But um, <laughs> when they were younger, and uh, they appreciate me. I, I think that if I said, hey, guys, you're on your own, uh, we're, I'm going to back to work, I think they would be shocked because they're so used to me yeah. like and our how we relate to each other and, and our roles that it would be a huge shock to the system. That's actually the the I think the most difficult thing about just like motherhood is that whatever role you get your kids used to, they get so yes. stuck in that and and they don't give like children don't give permission to mothers as much as they do to fathers to change their their role or whatever they do. I remember when my so I never saw my mom with a manicure my whole childhood. She was she had like one tube of lipstick her, my whole childhood. <laughs> Rarely wore it. I mean, she's beautiful, but like your mom is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and but she never. She's natural, she, natural yeah, beauty, and she never did any of that stuff. And so I remember when I was in college, and she picked me up for like a holiday or something, and she had long nails, and they were painted. And I actually, I never told her this, but I was in the back seat, and I teared up, like I cried. Oh. It was painful for me to look at my mother's hands and see that because. I and in that and it was selfish of me though you know and later I was like oh like she should have permission to do what she wants right. why am I so obsessive about her like she has to look or be a certain way just because yeah. I'm used to it right you know? that was your image of what your mom was yeah. and she changed on you yeah with those dragon lady nails but they and probably weren't dragon they were probably nicely done your mom they were got good great taste. they were light pink so yeah you know. of course <laughs> just looked like a natural like she had natural yeah, yeah looking nails that's yeah kinda. I know our kids do they get used to. They get used to certain things. So you had a you had a, a working mom, and I know she went to school when you were little too, like mm-hmm. she, getting her degree because she, you know it was all on her. Um, but she always talks. Cause she had five years at home uh, with my sister, and she okay. always talks about how those were like her favorite years, <laughs> where she was a housewife for five years. And really, she loved it. Yeah, she loved it so much. Yeah, it's she um, didn't choose to be working. She had to, but I think she really enjoyed it. She was, and she's good at her job too. Like, mm-hmm. and she's super dedicated. And um, so she was young when she had your sister. Yeah. Wasn't she, she pretty was, young? She was yeah, in her 20s. She was in her early 20s. Right. So now, you know, women like me are having babies, and maybe women like you, um, because I don't know what your generation, I don't, I haven't really kept track of what's happening, but there's a lot of women my age that had kids later. Mm-hmm. And um, you're like the X generation, right? Yeah. That's a thing. In yeah. The, yeah. Is it? I think it's an X generation. What thing. are you? I'm Generation Y. Oh, you are? So <laughs> you skipped that millennial. Who are millennials? That's what I'm hearing about Is all it the, the time. Z? I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't. They're supposed to be really smart. Like, I think Y generation is like the middle child because like <laughs> X generation had like the 80s and the, 
you know, the technology boom and then the, the Z generation, they're supposed to be really, really smart. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So you're the middle child generation. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Middle child. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Middle children, they get to, they get to sneak off and kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, um, anyway, my, uh. My um my good friend Elizabeth, I'm gonna see if she's actually we have a few more minutes before we're gonna call her, um, but we are um oh I was saying when I she had five years she she loved it she loved it yeah and I don't think all women have a choice like yeah a lot of women have to work even when they're married your mom was single parent you know because your parents split up and then um but some people don't have a choice so I always feel super lucky yeah. that I'm a housewife. And I don't, I'm not offended by the word housewife. I obviously, um, I use it for fun and at parties. And um, they, in France, right, they consider, they consider um, housewives to, to, like, that's a job, right? Don't they get? Yeah, I think there are some European countries that, um, yeah, there, there's some stuff like when you have a baby. They give you a nurse comes to your house and yeah. like stays with you. I think that's in Denmark or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to know because then I'll be like, hey, let's move there. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. No, for me, I um. Well, I worked you know at the same place your mom did. We were yeah. at the same agency, and then I got pregnant. And you know, I thought maybe I would go back to work, um, but not really. You know, like it was just that thing of I have this career and I love it and I can't imagine not doing it. But I had or all always um uh thought I would if I had children that I would stay home with them. And in fact, when I met Shane, he was like, "Yeah, let's have some babies." <laughs> um seriously, that he was like that was he was real. He's like, "Let's have them soon," which we did. Um but he that's what I said to him like, "Well, if you want to do this, this is what I want. I want to be home with the kids. Are you okay with that? Yeah. He's like, yeah, of course. Well, I think he's changed his tune a little bit now. <laughs> he's all, maybe you should go to work. <laughs> I was like, well, who will get the children? Who's going to drive them all day? Who's yeah. going to, you know, like. And your kids go to all, they all have different schools, yeah. school schedules. Right. That's a, that's a Well, that's a luxury, right? So yeah. if I was working, um, I would have to get my kids into a schedule that works for me, yeah. right? And my husband's work schedule, you know, we have Car- – Carson has, you know, he's got a special ed IEP and he has learning issues and he wasn't wasn't working out at the school that he was going to. So um, we – I spend a lot of time with him in his education and – To manage it, that's another It's job. huge. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that luxury um, to do that because they have to get to work. Yeah. And so I was able to do that, you know, um, and I would, you know, I'd just, ha- I'd have to have my kids on a schedule and they'd have to go to a certain school that worked with a schedule of mine and there wouldn't be a choice. Quincy wouldn't be going to the school that he goes to cause I have to drive him there, which because of the film program, right. He wants yeah. to study film. He wouldn't get to do that. And, um, so there's a lot of benefits for my kids that for me being, you know, or you know you or you make a, just a lot of money. You have to make a lot of money to hire the help that you need and to put your kids in the programs. I mean, in the summer, those kids, um, you know, a lot of kids have to be at camp all summer. What do you think you would have done if you like? Did you did it? Did you change your mind after just Quincy, or was it Carson? No, that sort of- no. I, I well, you know what? Actually, I got laid off. 
From SAY? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of a controversial story too. Like I had worked there for 12 years and then a new director came in. She gave me a completely new position. And then when I was on maternity leave, she eliminated that position and hired someone else for my old position. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Sisters in the workplace. I don't know. She she was kind of cuckoo. She actually did a bunch of weird things and left soon after that. But yeah. um, it was okay. I wasn't really planning to come back. Like, I thought about it, but it wasn't in my heart to come back. Was there something else that you thought you'd, you would have moved on to, like, if you – Actually, I was looking – when I met Shane, I was looking for a new job because I worked in nonprofit for 12 years and I worked with, you know, at-risk kids and the teen moms and the teen dads and the group home kids and um, and I was burnt out. Like I – and I was – I worked a lot. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. But I was – I worked all the time and my free time I was still working or I was doing theater or, you know, volunteering somewhere. Um, and I just burnt myself out. So I was um, – and you don't get paid a lot in those positions, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't go back and work in nonprofit, I don't think. I don't – it's been a long time. I don't know. But the salaries are pretty low. Are. And like if you do that cost-benefit analysis of going back to work and what what you need to, you know, to take care of your kids, um, I wouldn't be making – you know, I'd be making like $800 a month after all the expenses yeah. for my kids to go to camp and nannies or whatever, yeah. all of that stuff. It's like what? Yeah. I'd have to make a lot of money, which isn't, you know, isn't out of the question. But once you leave the workforce, right, like all these women that have been in the workforce, they're they're still going strong and they're getting raises and they're getting bigger positions. And, you know, they've read Lean In and they're leaning into their jobs. And, you know, they're <laughs> – do you know that book, Sheryl Sandberg? I don't. She's, <laughs> a C, she's a CFO of Facebook and she wrote it. She has this whole movement of, like, women leaning into their jobs Oh. And more women in the workplace taking higher positions and positions of responsibility. And, you know, she's – it's a great movement for sure. In fact, I'm part of her Facebook group. Oh, cool. I read the book. and um, But it's uh, – you know, it's it's hard to go out after 16 years and go, well, you need to pay me $100,000 a year. Yeah. Right? I'm like, huh, doing what? <laughs> right yeah yeah that's that can be difficult so um okay so it's gonna be a few minutes for Liz so um so Rosie do you have any like you're are you gonna have kids do you have yeah. any plans like as a as a as a young woman looking towards the future of being a mom and you know getting married do you what's your plan are you gonna stay home with your kids or are you gonna try and do both you know it's funny like I think my vision for it has always changed depending on who I'm dating at the moment, um, which is kind of sad. No, now that I say that loud, I'm like, oh, my God. But, like, my um, – you know, I've I've dated people where, like, I – you know, I guess growing up with a single-parent mom, I didn't really – I didn't really know what a dad was or knew, like, what, you know, the purpose of that is until I got older because I was like, my mom just does everything for me. She's – the parental unit. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think I've, you know, I've been in relationships where I felt like the person I was with, like, I knew that I would be able to be the parental unit. Because that's something I wanted for a while. It's like, I want to be the parental unit. I I want to ma- maybe be a single parent. You know, I don't know why. But um, that is so interesting because your sister had that idea as well. And you were raised by a single parent. Yeah. Right? So that's how you see things. And I, you know, I wonder if that, how much that influences us because my mom stayed home with us to a certain degree. I mean, there, she had jobs here and there, but 
mostly. But then my parents got divorced, and then I don't remember anything after that, really. Like, I don't think anyone took care of us. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think, you know, like, is that, how much do you think that play, plays a part? Like, it what, plays you, a, saw, what it, you saw happening at home. Yeah, I think it plays a really big part. Um, and, and I think – but if I said that out loud to my mom, she would, like, like verbally slap me, you know, and be like, <laughs> don't you dare ever do that because I made it look easy and it wasn't, you know. And that's true. You know, I think that yeah, she was really good at making it look easy. Yeah. And it wasn't. And I now that I'm older, I can see that. Yeah. So your so your plan is it depends on the guy. Depend, but if you your husband, he does. Yeah. And like right now, I'm dating someone who like is very responsible and like a family type person, and is probably going to have a stable income. And so I'm like, maybe I could stay home for a few years or something like that could be fine. Whereas like previously was dating someone who I was like, I would need to, I would need to work and be the parental unit because okay. this person is like totally inept. You know, <laughs> so like, it's situational. Yeah, but now that I've tasted what it's like to date someone who like could provide something for a family, like I'm like cool I this is the new bar you know like yeah like it's it's nice but you know what I know women whose husbands make plenty of money and they really want to work yeah right like what is that like I don't I I, don't know women like I don't you know I I do I know a couple actually and um it's just they want to work I don't know if they're just wired that way like they're, they get a lot out of it. Is it something you're you're reading about them? No, so no. They say it out loud. Oh, yeah. When I worked at SAY, um, my boss, she wanted to work. Yeah. She worked. I mean, she, ha- she had a job that um, – so she she brought her babies to work sometimes. Yeah. You know, she's, she brought them with her, and the, but she had a nanny, and she just sort of um, work, and her kids were all a big a big part of her – life you know it was all um like woven together kind of um but she didn't really want to be home that wasn't her thing in fact she was like oh god I'm so glad the the daycare is gonna potty train the kids you know (laughs) like whew Uh, and she loves her kids like her kids are seriously she's completely devoted to them and still is right like and she wanted to work and you know I know some other people like that you know um and they're that's their thing. I don't, you know. I can't see myself not, um, not working. Whether that means like um, working, like having a job with a stable income and a salary, or um, c- c- like creating my own dance company, but not having, not making money for the first few years. Yes, yeah, so, I always, yeah. I need, I need something to do. I love kids, but teaching has has made me feel like it you it's not enough to just love kids. Yeah. Like there's something else that I have to have going on. I did have that that moment in my um in my life mm-hmm. when my kids were old enough, they didn't need me all the time. Um and I started doing the comedy improv. Do you remember that? Yeah. And because I my background's in theater and acting and performing. And so Is it really fulfilling? Um it was it was kind of like saying yes, right? That mm-hmm. whole thing, like there's an opportunity and you say yes. I actually was I was actually going to try and get back into theater, which I don't have time for. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get back into theater. And I, I hired this acting coach and she said, hey, go audition on every audition you can. And um, 
I said, okay. So I just looked at all these different auditions, and there was an audition at this place. I didn't have any idea what it was. What it was it was called the National Comedy Theater, mm. and um, I brought in my headshot, and you know, I went to the audition. There was I don't know forty or fifty people there, and you did, they just sort of you know, getting people in and out, and they had to do some improvisation. And I had done an improv class at the Groundlings in L.A., so and I was terrible. Um, but uh, I had taken this class just actually to help a help a, my cousin wanted to do it. And I'm like, I'll audition with you, and then you'll have the whatever. And she didn't get in, and I did. And I was like, what? Oh, that's weird. Oh, I'm not going to do that. And then my husband's like, oh, you should try it. Why don't you just do it? She ended up getting in the next session. but um, And she actually is still doing comedy. But um, So I auditioned, and they, the owner of the, um, the comedy you know, theater called me and said, hey, congratulations. Um, we want to hire you. And he said, hire me, right? And I thought, oh, he's like, National Comedy Theater? I had no idea who, like, what they did. I really didn't know. And I was I got my computer out and I was like, Oh, and he's like, You did want to work for us, didn't you? I was like, Yes, of course I did. Yeah. That's why I was there. I wasn't just going to every audition just to practice. I really wanted to be there. So it was one of those things, like, huh, interesting. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. Let me go check it out. And, you know, my one class in improv that I took, you know, so this was a professional improv company. And um, they had me on their pro team, and I wasn't so good at it, to be honest, which is why I don't do it that well anymore. In my mind, I was really good at it, and I think my theater background, it was a little hard for me because, you know, you're improving. Um, Every time I'd leave that theater, I'd go, oh, that's what I should have said. Or I didn't say what I wanted to say because I was just like – I was like deer in the headlights. And I actually – I was tired a lot of the time too. They had two shows. They had a 7.45 – no, 7.30 and a 9.45. And the 9.45 show, I was just toast because I was a housewife, right? And I yeah. have kids and I got to get up and all of that. And so, you know, I actually thought maybe I'll do that again sometime and see if I could do it better. Yeah, maybe um, when the kids get older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was good. Sometimes I was really good, but I wasn't consistently good. And I actually think that was a psychological deal. But – um. So, yeah, I have that thing, too. Like, I want to do some other things. And I've actually started, you know, like my doTERRA essential oil business, which, you know, it's just kind of um, – I mean, I'm pretty serious with it now. Um, but uh, it's – yeah, we got to we gotta get out and do some stuff. I, we could use some more income now. Like the kids, just the whole food situation is – I mean, you've seen them now. They're huge. These children are huge, and they eat so much. There are no leftovers at dinner. There used to be leftovers. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll eat that tomorrow. No leftovers. And now I'm like, oh, should I make more? (laughs) All right. We've got Elizabeth on the phone. Welcome to Free the Housewives, Elizabeth. (laughs) thank you yeah um, i feel free already (laughs) yes well okay so liz you know i'm gonna slip into liz um elizabeth weinberg um is a dear friend of mine she was my bestest friend in high school and um and you went to uci and Mm -hmm. um and and nyu go anteaters and i i remember you went to college and i didn't i was so bummed um and uh, and I ended up, you know, I finally did go to college. But you were my inspiration, my college inspiration. And look, I kind of got to inspire Rosie, I think, to go to college. And I, I'm going to credit you a little bit with that, Liz. Oh, um, 
right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it was like. So I should credit Liz. Too. Yeah, right? Because oh, I. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Liz. <laughs> You're welcome. So um, it's all about it's all about the cycle of life. And you know, Chicken and I are always talking about. You know, we're, we're this is our, our sh- this podcast. You know, we want to get out of our routine. We want to learn about more things because we don't have a huge opportunity in our day-to-day grind. You know, she calls it Groundhog's Day, that thing that we just repeat that same thing every day. So we're trying to get Mm -hmm. out of ourselves, um, question who we are and what we're doing and have adventures and have fun. Um, But one of the things that keeps coming up is this whole idea of being a housewife. And, um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why I thought of you because you know, you're, you have that great feminist perspective and, um, you know, I consider myself a feminist, but I, I don't think I'm as, um, maybe I don't advocate as much for, um, you know, women's issues and as maybe you have in your life. So, and you've studied women, like you're a women's studies minor, maybe, is that, did I make that Uh, up? No, I was political science and comparative culture. Okay. Um, But through comparative culture, I let, read a lot of, like, women of color um, and, you know, underrepresented minorities, women's stories. And so that really affected me. Yeah. And you, and I also, I volunteer, I was a peer counselor at the Women's Resource Center at UC Irvine. I just got active in, right. you know, feminist politics in college. Yes. And um, I don't think this is by chance, but you're raising two daughters. <laughs> I know, thank God. <laughs> Although you're raising three boys, three boys, and you know, I do think that how we make the world better is yes, we raise strong women, yeah. but we also raise boys that are feminist, Absolutely. which is equally mm-hmm. as important. And um, because then that way, our girls that grow up to be women won't have to fight as hard because the men will be right there holding their hands, and they'll be jumping together. Yes, exactly. And um, I talk about my carpool all the time on this podcast because I'm in it, you know, three hours a day. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of conversations about, um, yeah, about these topics. And my son's like, like, my mom, the feminist. I'm like, well, you're a feminist too, right? Like, we mm-hmm. all, we're, we should all be feminists, right? That shouldn't, we shouldn't yep. even have to, like, wonder or, you know, yep. identify as one. It shouldn't yeah. be a deal, but it is. Um and, you know, I think I am. I think I am. I hope I am. Um, but we- Well, I mean, I guess my question is, do you want, do you feel like you have a right to do what you want with yes. your body? And I that do. most women should be able, then you're Abs- feminist. Absolutely. And that you would fight for other women's rights absolutely. to do what they want to do with their body. Absolutely. And that you believe that women should be paid the same amount as a man for the same type of work. Yes, I do. Yeah, then you're a feminist. Yeah, I believe that we're individuals. It hasn't, you know, like that whole idea. um, It doesn't matter if you're a woman or you're uh, have you know a a person of color. uh, If you're, um, you know, uh, gay or you know, like I've had, I've had, you know, I've had somebody walk up to me and goes, "Are you for gay rights?" I'm like, "Well, I'm for equal rights for everyone." Yeah, like yes, Mm -hmm. right? Like we Mm -hmm. all just are. We're the same. I mean, we're all unique Mm -hmm. and special, and we have different gifts. And you know, you should be paid based on your merit, right? And how well Mm -hmm. you do your job. And um, Mm -hmm. that's and that's how I look at the world. And I hope I'm teaching my kids that too. Um, 
but the, this idea of uh, a housewife, and we're you know we're freeing the housewife here. Um, but yeah, there, there, what I've noticed, and what I've noticed about myself too, with this term housewife, and we won't talk for we don't have to talk about this the whole time we're here. I want to talk about what you're doing too. Um, but the I, I people there's a trigger. It's a some people have a reaction. It's pretty negative. Um, to the mm-hmm. term housewife. And I found, I, mm-hmm. I noticed that because I, I am a housewife, you know, um, people are like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're a stay at home mom. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, that's one, that's another way. I don't know if that sounds, I don't know if that gives you any more, uh, a, a status, right. To be a stay at home mm-hmm. mom. Right. I'm like, whatever housewife. Um, and then I noticed, mm-hmm. but it was bothering people that I said housewife. So then I would say it more and more and more because I just wanted to see mm-hmm. what was behind it. You know, like, why is that mm-hmm. bothering people? And like I was telling Rosie earlier, we, Shane and I were like applying for a, a loan or a car or something. I don't know. And the, the guy that was doing the loan, you know, he asked Shane what he did and he asked me what I did. And I said, I'm a housewife. And he said, no, you're not, you're not just a housewife. You know, you're a domestic goddess. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and Rosie's response, which I thought was so interesting, was, can you repeat that? I, I think domestic, like, I would be more offended if a man said you're a domestic goddess to me like that's i don't know just because the the implication is that like goddess yeah like i'm supposed to look or or act a certain way like that's impenetrable yeah like goddess is yeah. some sort of right yeah beautiful thing and house- it's like you're putting putting you on a pedestal for being good at um keeping your house yeah um in order I- i'd yeah. like to say for the record since you just mentioned that that I am mm-hmm. a terrible housekeeper, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm home. I am married, and my husband works and brings in all all of our income. And um, I mostly manage all of the house stuff, um, but I'm terrible at a lot of it. Like, gosh, I hope – you know, I don't <laughs> – I try not to get too wrapped up on how well I do my job because, like, I – I'm terrible at some of this stuff. Like, I wish I could do other things. Like, I was really good at my job when I had a career. I was really good at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not so Mm -hmm. good at being a housewife. But I like the idea Mm -hmm. of being home with my kids. And um, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, I like that idea of it. Um, But you, you know, when I said housewife to you, you came up with some responses, too. What's your, yeah, what's your perspective? So to me, I mean, the thing about a housewife, so the whole, like, I'm not a great, um, you know, I don't know a lot about the history of language, but the idea of a wife is it's only in relation to a man. It's a word about your relationship to a man. And so Mm -hmm. I think that it's not something that's about your family or the broader view. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, a husband isn't necessarily just about the wife. If you look at the origin of the word, which I was doing a little research for this, um, uh, for this uh, podcast, um, and I, sorry, my dog just got delivered. Hi, Athena. Um, Speaking well, of goddesses. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Um, the canine goddess. So uh, husband, the origin of that word has to do with finance, keeping a house in order, being very organized. But the origin of the word wife only it has to do with in relation to another person, another male. Um, the more modern term is in, um, you know, now that they're same sex, mar- same sex marriage, it can be in relation to another person, but the origin of it was only in relation to a man. And so 
to me, the word house, the, it's just the concept of the word wife. Whereas mm-hmm. if you said, you know, I stay at home and I take care of my family, mm-hmm. that's a very different, it's almost like we need a different word for it yeah. because you're raising boys, you're paying bills, you're feeding your family, you're taking care of their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're basically, it's almost like you're your, you know, you're your children's guide or their guru for the early part of their life. Um, and so I like that. <laughs> it's the, it's the idea of just being a wife. Um, it's too limiting yeah. for what you do. And I think, and I do think, and whether it's correct or not, it just might be like pop culture. It's that June Cleaver um, stereotype. Now she did some awesome things, but it's the idea of being perfectly quaffed before your husband comes home from his nine to five job and having dinner on the table and, um, you know, being very limited in sort of your scope of your hopes and dreams and what you contribute to the world. And uh, so that's my problem with the term. It's almost like a visceral, you're not in the 1950s. And it's not that I don't want to, you know, it's like the Groundhog Day thing. There is a there is a huge element of um, sort of the the mundane duties that you have to do as a stay at home. Um, you know, someone that stays home to take care of your kids while your partner works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you do the dishes, you do the laundry, you clean the toilet, or you pay someone to do all that. Um, you know, you're thinking of appointments and pick up and drop off, and that it's like, but it is kind of all in the details. It's how you do it. It's the joy you bring with it. It's the snacks you bring. Um, and so that's, that's why the housewife, I just have a reaction to it. Cause I think it's actually, it's limiting. You're guiding three amazing boys through life. You're supporting the partner so he can go out and, um, take care of your family and, you know, at the same time, you're trying to find your own, take care of your own spiritual needs, your own nutritional needs, your own health needs. And it's a huge friggin' job. Yeah. Totally. I just, every time I visit Coco, I have to say, like, I would, like, if I were to give her a job title, I would say, like, manager. Like, she's managing so. Yeah. She's managing, like, multiple people's schedules, multiple people's dietary needs, like, multiple people's learning needs because, you know, of of her her children have specific learning needs. So it's, like, it's a lot that I see her doing. Yes. Yeah, and special diet needs, like gluten-free, vegetarian, you know, this, that. (laughs) It's, like, you know, and I've also seen, and this is some parents, you know, the joke is my sister comes and she says, this is what we're having when she takes care of the girls and um, they just have to eat it or not eat it. And that's a totally valid way to parent. But I've had times where I make three different things. My husband doesn't like tomatoes. My, you know, yeah. other daughter doesn't like avocados. My other daughter thinks that, the you know, the chicken tastes weird, and so... Yeah, I was at your house for that night when you made me vegetarian, (laughs) gluten-free, someone else had no, you know, (laughs) vegan was over here, and then, yeah, you had three different pans of enchiladas. (laughs) And is that, like, too accommodating as a parent? This is a whole other thing about parenting, or is it asking your kids to say what they like, and, I mean, this is a whole Jewy thing, too, because... you know, different cultures have different uh, value on food. Like, 
for me, it's like really important to give people what they want. Um, you know uh, what I thought healthy. of it? I thought, wow, that was amazing that you figured out, like you used your, your smarts basically. Like how can I do this and you, you know, be effective and make these meals all together and be able to provide this for these people. And I felt respected and cared about. And I also admired Aww. that you were able to do it. Seriously. I was like, wow, mm. that's so cool. That's sweet. Right. Cause and you got to, the idea is that, that my kids now, you know, maybe 13, she'll say, I don't want that. I want this. And I'm like, great. You can make yeah, it. Yeah. Go make it. I, yeah. You know, but when I'm, when I'm in the mood or I want to, I want to nurture people by making delicious food. I certainly say, do you want it this way or do you want it that way? And it's just something it is. It's how our family shows their love and respect. Do you, um, did you ever consider being a stay at home mom, housewife? Uh, it never, I think cause I already had a career before yeah. I met my husband and then I got married and he, you know, was raised by a pretty hardcore feminist mom and dad you know she went to Barnard she always worked um it was almost like I wouldn't be attractive to him if I stayed at home which sounds really weird he was never one of those partners that wanted me to be home it was almost like what made me sexy was that I had a career (laughs) and I was an earner and I had a life um and so I think that it just became part of our gestalt as a couple that we both had careers and work. Yeah. And then, um, you know, this, when I had my first daughter, I couldn't wait. I had really bad postpartum and I couldn't wait to get back to work so I could pee when I wanted, yeah. talk to my friends when I wanted, <laughs> um, have an identity that was beyond just my boob in her mouth. Yeah. And, um, I think that I, um, you know, some of it was hormonal. Some of it was the shock of I had her at 37, so I'd had a whole life. Yep. Um, and then with Clara, who I had at uh, 41 or 42, I can't remember, I think 42, I just was so aware of how quickly it goes, how I this would be my last little baby that I would have. And it was really hard for me to go back to work um, because I – she, you know, I just, she was still that infant delicious stage and I just didn't want to leave that incredible connection that I had. And I wasn't postpartum. I just was like, it's the miracle of life. Mm. Um, but I remember someone said to me, uh, you know, if you really love your job, that's an incredible thing to show your girl. Mm-hmm. So many people, and I was working at a food rescue organization in New York called City Harvest. And I love my job. It was my favorite job. And um, my uh, a woman said, you know, so many people get up and they don't want to go to work and their kids see that. If you're showing your daughters that you actually love your job, that is a gift. And mm-hmm. that's a model. Um, and that helps. So, but. Um, and, but you're, you know, you know I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I we had talked about that sometimes, you know, like. What is the determining factor of people staying home? Sometimes you don't have a choice, right? You have to earn yeah, the income. It's economic. Um, yeah, yeah, it's economic. Some people want to work. Like you, at the, when you had your first child, you really wanted to. And I think some people are, you know, you had some, you know, depression and or postpartum depression. And, you know, that was part of it. But some people are wired. Like they want to work. They need mm-hmm. to work. They need that part, you know, that part of their life mm-hmm. and their brain and their 
you know, their identity. And then, you know, we also talked about um, that your upbringing, like how much does that play on it? You know, because you mm-hmm. you had a, a mom who stayed at home, right? She had yep. she did volunteer work. She had a, she had a prolific volunteer, you know, thing that she did, but she was home. Um, yep. And um, so did that play a part in you're like, no, I'm not going to do that or, you know, like rebellious um, or. I think, a li- I think a little bit in that as idealist as it was, you know, my dad came home and we had a family dinner almost every night. And, you know, studies show that, you know, you, your kids are less likely to go to jail and all that. You know, at <laughs> yeah, the time, yes. that was like what the research was saying you needed to do. Um, but there was an element of, uh, and my mom was always really busy. But I think I, you know, you raise your kids, you want your kids to have a better life than you did. And I think some of it is economic. The economics are that two people, if you're both making an income, um, it certainly helps, especially if you're, if both of you aren't making a ton of money. Right. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I don't really enjoy that. My mom also really never had a cleaner. So I remember waking up to the sound of the vacuum, which is one of my like least favorite, sound- the vacuum and classical music at the same time. Um, <laughs> I love and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I just didn't want, I don't enjoy that. Like, I don't want to clean my bathroom. I don't want to clean my toilet. And yeah. so I think I associated um, keeping the house clean with, with not something that was like, like just not and, and you know there's that whole by Barbara Enright um you know the second shift like feminists are ma- doing this disservice because they're basically just hiring other women to do the work that they don't want to do and um you know I would argue as long as you're paying them a really great wage mm-hmm. and giving them benefits it's okay to do that but you know that's probably an issue for another podcast is are we by paying you know largely, you know, often undocumented women, minimum wage or, you know, not a ton of money to clean our house because we don't want to, are we actually doing a disservice to all women? I don't know. Or, you know, would we pay a man or would we pay a service? Like everyone has their own thing. So I think I really, I just didn't want to do housework. Yeah. And um, (laughs) that was, so honestly, that was it. And I just, I, it's almost like, I never really, because I, I, you know, my, I had a career and so already. Yeah. um, Which is a huge part of it. Yeah. I, you know, I was burnt out of my career when I had Quincy, like I was already looking for another job. So it was an easier transition and I knew I wanted to stay home with the kids and that was an agreement Shane and I had made. But, um, I do, I have always fantasized about going back to work and here I am sitting in a podcasting studio and I'm creating other situations that feel like work. Mm. And, um, Mm -hmm. but, um, you, you had, so you worked and worked, you know, you were, you lived in New York too. I mean, that's, being um, a working mm-hmm. working mom in New York, I, I remember visiting you and thinking we went out for the day and you showed me like what you did in a day. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like how <laughs> do you do this? You have a baby, you know, or she was, a, I don't know, a few years old and you got to go get groceries. How do you get your groceries back to your place and get everywhere in time and get the kids to school? And, you know, I'm like, wow, that's a whole other element. It was fascinating. But I but recently, you know, you had some health issues and so you – you stopped working, right, to deal with those, mm-hmm. and you were home. 
mm-hmm. you were home. You were a stay-at-home mom. You were a housewife or whatever, you know, the new term we're going to create yeah. is. How was that transition for you? What was that like after having a career for so long and then? Well, I remember sitting in therapy and my therapist <laughs> challenging me to not look for a job. Mm-hmm. And he said, are you strong enough to not look and to just be? And I think that, you know, a lot of this has to do with your identity. Like, are you okay not having an identity beyond being a, a mom, a partner, um, a friend? Uh, you know, how important yes. is that part of our identity <laughs> that's work? Yeah. And um, I really had to adjust to not defining myself by my work. And so... I mean, the difference between L.A. and New York, which, again, could be another subject, is in New York, people say, what do you do within the first two minutes? Mm -hmm. But in L.A., people will do anything to avoid that question because everyone's in entertainment and no one wants to seem like they care that you're in entertainment. They're all too cool. And um, so that was an adjustment to me. But when people did say, what do you do? I would have to take a breath. And so I would say, oh, I used to do blah, blah, blah. But now I had some health problems and I'm staying home with the kids, but it's my choice, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, then I stopped saying it. And, um, you know, I didn't get asked as much as it was in New York. But, you know, I, I had a lot of people saying, have you found work? Are you working? And I finally had to say, like, I'm not looking. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I my... Um, I do believe that in some ways for me, I can be a better parent when I work because someone gave me great advice uh, when I had Maisie. It was a board member at City Harvest, and he said it's not the amount of time you spend with your kids. It's the quality. Mm -hmm. So when you're with them, if you're totally focused, um, it's okay. And um, I, I do think that sometimes it's the myth of multitasking, that just because I'm around and at home, um, doesn't always mean I'm focused and so the ability to go to work and then come home and be like this is my time with my girls or this is my time with my partner it can add clarity to that to that um but I do feel like being at home was just it was an awakening it was an awakening of I was amazed a at how busy I was just taking care of my house and my kids um grocery shopping, cleaning, uh, (laughs) even though I still had help, driving, carpooling, you know, I got rid of babysitting. Um, I was also amazed at the conversations that I had um, with my girls because I was in the car with them so much more and we just, they would, we would just talk. Um, I think I was more apt to be like, let's invite your friends over. You know, I, I wasn't as exhausted. Right from my other life. So when I was with them, uh, I just, I was able to experience them in a different way. And, um, that's so cool that you got that. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, and now my new, my new job, one of the really great things about it is I feel really fortunate. I get to work remotely. So, um, that's so amazing. Yeah. Today it's a work day and I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm also, you know, you're not answering for emails. It. <laughs> yes, I am answering emails. I worked out this morning, and then I'm picking up my girls, and they have an orthodontist appointment, and I can actually do all that. 
Um, That's so cool. That's kind of like a dream mm-hmm. situation for me. That yeah. like that where you just sort of weave it all in together, and it's just beautiful tapestry of life, mm-hmm. where work and yeah. home and all of that. That's that is an ideal situation. Congratulations, by the way. Um, Thank you. Well, we'll see. But I do think that it's about <laughs> letting go of how other people define you. And it's, mm-hmm. there's this sense, and I'm like, it's a work in progress of just being okay being. Right. And I think that's so hard for us. And yes, there's the fear of economic insecurity and all that. But if I didn't have economic issues, I think I might just stay home and exist. And, um, read and do yoga and work out and be with my kids and, you know, volunteer. I'm on board of an organization. That's awesome. But it's just, it's about just being okay inside with whatever you're doing. Yeah. That's kind of life, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Right, Rosie? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I was thinking about, um, you know, when you were talking about house cleaners and pay and I was thinking about like the, um, you know, living in a capitalist society, how the the integrity that that we uh, the integrity we give to each position, and let's like include ha- like being a housewife or domestic labor or you know whatever we want to call it in that in those categories that like um, everything is based on pay. So I guess the like one thing we talked about in my in my program it's in grad school in the education program was like why is it that you know teachers for example are getting paid less than doctors when so much there's just so much labor involved and there's so much responsibility on them to like raise the next generation of kids in the country mm-hmm. how is that work anymore mm-hmm. it's all just comes down to like cultural values yeah. and like why is it that the dollar amount <laughs> yeah and why why is it that like someone who cleans you know the bathrooms in the building you work at what why is that labor less important than than um yeah the labor of the ceo you know like i think that you know in other yeah. countries we would know that like it all comes down to culture too you know like in india women who stay home and take care of their houses have like the house is their domain and no one is allowed to tell them um, under their own roof, like what to do. It's like their place where they Mm -hmm. rule. And it's like all this respect is built around that. And it's like so different here with the word housewife. And like, I think a lot of this does come down to like capitalism and just like the way that we Value how we value different people, people yeah. and labor yeah. and the way we pay people, you know, which is some, it's all part of that. Like being okay with yourself is like letting go of that too. Like, yeah. like I, I'm not yeah. less important just because I'm not getting a paycheck for this stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's like really you're a teacher. You yeah. Know, there's a, you know, teachers. I mean, everyone's like, it's kind of that same thing. Like you do with such a great thing in the world and your job's so important. People tell me that all the time. Taking care of your kids is so important. But yet we don't value it enough to like to pay, pay you, yeah. you know, what yeah. you really need yeah. and to give you supplies and, yeah. you know, like to do it. <laughs> but thank yeah. you. Or even like when you're on maternity leave, you, oh, know, gosh. Uh, you know, when you decide like, why wouldn't a company, why wouldn't the state pay me right. to mm-hmm. leave my job for six months yep. to take care of my kids yeah. so yeah. I could get them like a good start in life. And, um, you know, and it's just even with 
you know, and we don't do a great a great job in this country of helping other people raise their kids no. too. I mean, I'm always this is again maybe a non sequitur, but I'm always amazed how people won't discipline my kids, and if I discipline theirs, I get a look from a parent like they're not your child, and I'm like, well, they're in my house, and if they're not saying please and thank you and picking up after yeah. themselves, they can't come back. And I think other countries, you know, that have like you know, in Israel, like it's a community daycare and you drop right. your kid off there and then you go to work and it's in your neighborhood. And so in a sense, it's everyone is raising your child. Because you're an elder. In the U.S. If, yeah. If you're an adult in a child's life, you're just considered an elder. It's the way it is in the African-American yeah. communities in this country. So you have a responsibility yeah. to, to guide any child in your, in your room, in your proximity. I feel like that. I yeah. mean, I try not to overstep my boundaries, but I feel like I, I mean, I do that with your kids, Liz, when I'm around them. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think we have an understanding. Yes, we do. But I've, exper- I've experienced it with other people where I've had, a, you know, a mom call and say, your daughter did this. Can I tell her that this? Right. And I'm like, you don't have to yeah. ask me. She's yeah. in your house. Like, yeah. I wouldn't let her be playing with you if I didn't think you right. were an okay, you know, supervisor. Go for it. Um. Well, you know, um, unfortunately, our time is up for this podcast, but we've come up with so many topics for other things. (laughs) I know. I have some. I'm going to be sending you a list, Coco, right after. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Um, Congratulations on your job. I'm so excited for you, and I love that you get to do some. I know you're going to be doing some traveling for work, but you get to be home a lot of the time too. Yeah. And that's so cool. It'll be great. Thank yeah. you. And um, Rosie, it was really nice having you on the call. It well. was really nice to we meet got you. The, um, there the, are some the, of the things you said I really like. She made notes over there. Yeah. With she's, and, making, uh, she's making notes over yeah. there. So I love you. Thank you for coming on. Um, I love you too, yeah. sweetie. All right. And I'll see you soon. I'll, um, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. Bye. Rosie, you're you got a Am lot I a of, podcaster now? You're, yeah, you're a podcaster now. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show today and I filling in for fun. chicken. Um, and I just want to point out that Rosie's boyfriend has been texting her <laughs> the whole time that she's been here because he's got ideas that he wants her to, to go. Do you, is there any topic that oh, we, that we should? Oh, gosh. so many texts. He did <laughs> he research. so jealous and of he you. He is very jealous. He went into did research on the different generations and all of their feelings about feminism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I love him. I know. He's a nice young fe- feminist I love him man. He's interested in everything. Yeah. And so for him, it doesn't come down to like what he's proud about or not. He's just into everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's just general curiosity and a, and a, a zest for life. So if you want a really short rundown <laughs> of this, um, yeah, let's include him. Okay. Here you go, Daniel. So this is Daniel's um, <laughs> research for um, our podcast today. I read an article that said that millennials, which is my generation, Generation Y, what we were talking about, were actually slightly more in favor than the generation older of them of traditional gender roles. So oh. that would be my generation is more in favor of traditional gender roles than your generation. Interesting, oh. right? Um, This is people born between 1990 and 1997. And I thought a generation was bigger than that. Um, There's different takes on it. Oh, there's maybe like a subcategory of generations. There's like the astrological one too, right? Like everyone (laughs) has their own. Um, Kids our age saw gender equality fail in our homes, so we want to try something different. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I think that the opening of like gender identity is a big part of my generation, and that's yes. that's shifted feminism a lot. Absolutely, it's like, be whatever you want because yeah. we don't know what we what don't know your, what we are. What's your pronoun? <laughs> yeah, that's what the okay. kids. That's what they're talking in the carpool all the time. Which I I love, but I also really love like the the stories about really intense feminist movements where women in France were like throwing soup parties, you know, where they would like smoke cigars and sit around in suits and like. Be like, oh yeah, we're gonna be men today. Yeah. Like, I also love that too. I love all of it. You know, it's cool. All right, well, we have to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here today and filling in for chicken yes. and for helping um, free the housewife and free the middle school teacher. <laughs> and um, we thank you for sticking around this long. And hopefully, we'll get uh, hopefully we'll get my prom date on the line. And <gasps> I know, I know, we oh got we, there's stuff we've got to finish up from other podcasts. But anyway, thank you and um, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for being with us today. Follow us on Instagram. And like us on Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud. And like us on iTunes. Just please like us. Come on, like us. Well, I guess this is where we say goodbye. I hate goodbyes. No. My grandpa always used to say, yep, 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 well, real good then. And then he'd hang up. <laughs> <laughs>